Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. I would go to Colorado. Go. Yeah. Is that it? I think so. But anyway, uh, <laughs> since this isn't named that tune, this is a ghost podcast. We're going to try and stick to the subject matter at hand. We're going to try. Uh, my story is about an extremely haunted site called Riverdale Road in Colorado. Okay. Yes. Our sister podcast. Murderer in the Rain. That, that's right. They did um, an episode discussing this particular site because there were some gruesome murders. Yep. I've heard about the, the gruesome murder part. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going to talk about the paranormal part. Oh, good. This will be exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yay. So this place is a stretch of road about 11 miles long, connecting the towns of Thornton and Brighton, Colorado. It was originally a narrow gravel dirt road, extremely dangerous with its many curves and lack of streetlights. The road's now paved. They've put up warning signs with curves ahead or drop-in speed recommended, but it doesn't make the terror of driving down this haunted road any better. (laughs) So back when the road was first used in the late 1700s, so it's an old, old road, many farms were owned and the land in the area was worked by farmhands, also slaves. It was set as punishment. The owners would hang anyone suspected of mischief. You know, like stealing one chickens or livestock. (laughs) Women also who were suspected of practicing witchcraft were also hung from the trees. That's not okay. No. And, you know, there's no proof that this practice actually was done. There's no documented history. It was recorded. But what is documented is that this trail in 1836 was used as a trapper trail. There was a big beaver fur trading going on, and a center was located in that area. Anyway, some local stories claim that on certain nights, when the moon is full, you can see bodies hanging off the nearby cottonwood trees as you're driving along the road. Creepy. And many people report seeing ghosts from tragic accidents. Many, many have happened on this particular stretch of highway. One popular story is about a jogger who was hit by a car and left to die. Hmm. The locals have, this is why I never jog on, on a street. Okay. You know, you just never know. You never know. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I just don't jog period, but the locals have Mm -hmm. nicknamed a specific spot on the road called Jogger Hill. It is said that if you pull your car over at the spot and roll the window down, you'll hear running footsteps in the distance, approaching your car, coming closer and closer And some say you can actually see handprints on your car as the ghost jogger thumps it, trying to attract your attention. Yeah. Others say the jogger will eventually run past your car and you will hear the sound of his footsteps fading away. That would be so So essentially you're you're hearing the remnants of a jogger getting hit over and over and over again or a jogger escaping over and over and over. Yeah. It's like a burned residual. Yeah. Like like we talk about so many episodes. A residual event happened in that space. Yeah. Yeah. And drivers have said, I mean, there's so many stories that you just don't even know what's true, but there's so many of them. Drivers have said that on some occasions the road signs 
look like someone has smeared blood on them. Oh, wow. But by morning, the bloody smears are no longer visible. Uh, uh, of course uh, they aren't. Someone came along and cleaned them up after the ghosts put the blood on the signs. Yeah, they're invisible. That's at, nice. Under the morning light. Or you think it's the street cleaners that do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's that type of disappearing ink yeah. that only appears at night yeah. under headlights. We're going to pick up the roadkill and we're going to wipe the blood off the signs from the people getting hit phantomly on this road. That's some tax dollars at work. That's pretty good. There are also some demons, they say, that inhabit animals or shapeshifters in the area who take the form of coyotes and are seen conversing in dialogue with each other. Let me ask you this. If you could be a shapeshifter, what animal or object would you want to shapeshift into? A wolf or a hawk? hawk would be cool because you can fly around and see everything you could i don't like rats though and i think they eat rats they eat all kinds of things well i i don't know that you have to necessarily eat something in bird form mm -hmm. you could just fly around and see stuff but in your full form you'd be attracted to rats i think and those kinds of you'd think they're tasty in what if form. you go eat a really delicious grilled cheese sandwich with some tomato soup and then shapeshift into said hawk you're not going to be that hungry. I think that's a really good idea. So any shapeshifters out there, you really should eat before you take your animal beastie if form. You, if you don't want to eat anything that an animal that you're shapeshifting into would eat, then just have your meal first and then shapeshift. I think that's a perfect I think uh, solution. We should start a new podcast advice for shapeshifters. Because <laughs> there are obviously so many of them. We have so many ideas. <laughs> It will help you out. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Foxes are also seen walking on their hind legs and eating ice cream cones. What? Yeah, okay. I was wondering. See, sometimes I just throw things in there to see if you're actually listening. Um, that's probably a good and thing because sometimes I'm so not. So I do that just to make sure you're <laughs> no, still on funny. track. I'm listening. Um, so foxes, you just made that sentence up. Not all of it. Just the ice cream part. Oh. But they do, they are seen walking on their hind legs. Anyway, what I'm saying is these animals, they don't act like a typical animal. So it really freaks out the drivers. Some say that if you see the gray wolf or fox, it's a bad omen for you. But if you see the coyote, then you'll be protected as you make your way along the road. Oh, huh. but if you see the gray wolf and it crosses your path three times, there's no way the coyote can save you. You're just doomed to die at that Jeez. point. I know these. What do the gray wolves have against these you? legends really want to keep people away? Yeah, they do. I mean, you wouldn't even want to chance it. Are they successful at keeping people away? No, I'll tell you <laughs> why. So back in the 70s, when the road was still gravel, it was said that a Camaro attempted to drag race the treacherous curves and crashed, killing the driver. Camaros tend to do that. They're so fast. Yeah, they, they like to show off that they can take corners. They and, do. Even though they can't, so whatever. However, <laughs> however, people say the ghostly Camaro will appear right behind them or beside their car and try to aggressively pass them or run them off the road. And no, there is no driver seen at the wheel. Ooh. Do you think this Camaro is dating Christine? Stephen King's Christine. They come from the same family of cars. I bet they are. They're muscle cars. They're both demonically possessed. Corvettes, Camaros, and Mustangs are all They all hang very out together at the cool race, kids' table. Race cars. Yeah, I can see that. There was also a large mansion situated off the road built in 1864 called the Woolpert Mansion. Woolpert. W-O-L-P-E-R-T. Woolpert. And it, yep. And it had also... <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks, Holly. <laughs> it sounds like a frog riveting. Wolpert. Wolpert. And it had also been used at one time as a private residence, a cowboy hotel, a brothel, yeah, and a ranch catering to racehorses. Racehorses. So this, well, it was situated on a really large piece of property. Okay. So that's probably why they had racehorses. Anyway, the entrance to the road was marked by a strong iron gate, and this gate later was nicknamed the Gates of Hell. <laughs> I'm trying to do this in my scariest voice. The Gates of Hell. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. You're welcome. It was said the man who built the mansion went insane, shot his entire family, and then set the mansion on fire. However... Okay. However, yes, many have debunked this story as tombstones of the Wolpert family show no sign of tragic early deaths, and there was no documented evidence during the time the family lived there of any terrible tragedies in the home. Back in the 1970s, the home was left vacant, and a few teenagers broke in to investigate. It was said they found strange dark graffiti, animal carcasses, and blood everywhere. Huh. So it had a reputation and then somebody went there to perform an evil ritual or um, it didn't have that reputation and someone found the evidence of the evil uh, evil ceremony and gave it a new reputation. I think the road always had an evil reputation, but the house itself didn't okay. until possibly they broke into it. Okay. Uh -huh. um, when locals would drive by it at night, they they would see this house all lit up, every window flooded with light. This is really creepy because there was no electricity hooked up to it. Well, that's interesting. Some theories were that the house was being used by Satan worshipers who were lighting all the candles. I like how you said Satan worshippers. Well, it was it was <laughs> a, a thing to always think it was always Satan worshippers back in the 80s. You know, how and many, the 70s and the 80s. How it was many always Satan worshippers are there? Because it sure seems like there's always a lot. And I don't think there's actually that many. I think there's maybe like 10. I think I think they just wanted to blame everything Satan. on Satan. Satan takes all the heat. I know. Also, it was said the wine cellar at this time was turned into a chicken coop or a holding cell for its sacrificial victims. I thought you were going to say a holding cell for the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> we must not let this chicken yeah. out. This chicken is under uh, solitary confinement. He'll be staying in here for the next 14 days. So there was a documented fire. But it happened much later in 1975. Mm. Coincidentally, the owner at that time was warned that the home was condemned a hazard and they were encouraged to dismiss the tenants. Shortly after, the home became engulfed in flames and destroyed much of the mansion, but nobody was reported as being injured or present in the home at the time. Instead of rebuilding, eventually the owner just decided to destroy the home. It was said that all that remained was the underground chicken coop and the gates of hell. <laughs> Say it with me. The gates of hell. <laughs> Nobody could determine how the fire was set, but some think it could have been arson. It was claimed that the gates were guarded by hellhounds, huge, black, ferocious beasts hmm. that would chase anyone away who dared to enter beyond the gates. Hmm. Others said that once you pass the gates, you're forever changed, as if they're an evil portal. And most will never, ever want to go back once they've passed through the gates. It is claimed that one of the trees that still stands on the property is especially evil, evident by it being scorched black from the fire and with a hollowed out trunk. 
Is it like twisted in nature? Yes. Yeah, those are creepy trees. It, it is creepy to yeah. look at. Yeah. People say they hear screams of children or moaning echoing out from that hollowed spot in the uh, tree. Creepy, creepy. Okay, that story really freaks me out. It makes that me think scary. of Sleepy Hollow now. Mm-hmm. We're switching gears to a different movie. But yeah, that is creepy. Yeah, th- this road really has so many bizarre stories associated with it. The road is no longer that rural. It's now uh, been really developed. There's many housing uh, projects nearby. Are the it, houses getting haunted? I don't think Second so. Second they're built, there's a ghost living there? <laughs> like, we'll have to interview them. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. But the road does still have many accidents and deaths associated with it, including a pedestrian who was hit and killed just seven months ago. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Back in 1988, 18-year-old Heidi McGuire worked at a local Circle K convenience store. She was seen offering a ride home to a customer. However, Heidi's car was found five days later abandoned off Riverdale Road. Uh-oh. About a month later, her body was also found, dumped off the side of Riverdale Road with head injuries that indicated blunt force trauma. Heidi's classmates suspected it was a boy at her high school who had a crush on her. They suspected him because after her body was found, he and his family abruptly moved out of state. But from what I could find, her killer had never been caught. Oh. So do you think he came home and told his parents, hey, I, uh, I killed somebody? And they're like, uh-oh, let's pack our bags and go. <laughs> or it said he was being bullied and he mm. just couldn't handle it anymore oh, or something. Shoot, something. But whatever story he told them, they sure upped and left yeah. really quickly. Yeah, it's weird. But before this um, road and, and the surrounding grounds was developed, it was said that if you turned off your engine and you just sat on the road at night, it was so eerily silent you could hear the sound of a heartbeat. Oh, wow. One compelling story comes from Crystal Leandra from Ghost Girl Diaries. She's a native to Colorado and has visited Riverdale Road on several paranormal investigations. Crystal shares a story when she had led a ghost hunting experience with a crew of people interested in exploring the area. But despite from being really familiar with the road, she said she became extremely confused as the group walked around exploring the surrounding grounds. She wasn't recognizing anything familiar, and she said her team was seeing bodies of water all around them. Weird. It took them forever to get back to their cars, and once they were back on the road, they all commented that their phones displayed about an hour and a half of time had passed. Crystal said she was pretty shaken up by the whole event because she makes it a general rule to never go too far from the road for safety reasons. The creepiest part, though, was when the crew started playing back their camera film, it showed three hours of recorded footage. Oh, really? So suspecting she was perhaps in a time portal, Mm -hmm. I looked up the history of the area. Back in 1965, the area of Riverdale Road was flooded from the Platte River, which is the closest river around. And in some places, the ground was covered in up to 15 feet of water. So they were seeing a past flood. I think that I think they were. Right. Um, those of you who are brave enough to venture out on this most haunted road will no longer find the gates of hell (laughs) at 9190 Riversdale Road, formerly known as the Wolpert Mansion. Instead, the gates have all been taken down and the area is now called the Pelican Ponds Park. Okay. It's a recreational space now for the community to view wildlife. 
Oh, nice. And go fishing. Nice. <laughs> At least if you want to see the hounds of hell. Yeah. Or maybe the gray foxes or the coyotes. You now can see them from a park bench. So wait, if you're at a park bench and a gray wolf comes by, then you're fucked, right? No, because you're on a park bench now. I think you're okay. So if you're in a car, I mean, you're screwed. I don't know how the legend actually works. If, you know, different uh, species, you know, can tell you're not in your car and you're still (laughs) cursed. What if it's a shapeshifter? Then what do you do? Then you just try and feed it food that it's hungry for. And hopefully it's not you. So people food. If you like people here's some food. people food, you'll like this better than the rat you're going to go look for later. Yeah, give it some grilled cheese. Okay. And <laughs> some tomato soup. So that's my story. That's great. Carol, yeah. that was great. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And we're the hosts of The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. But it's also about creepy torso murders, flying cryptids that might be birds, exorcisms, f***ed up history, conspiracy theories, and more. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, check us out. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to like and subscribe. Thanks! I chose to do my stories on the Wild Wild West. Woo! Some very haunted stories from the wild, wild west, if you will. I like it. And you know what I love to do, which I haven't done for a long time? The can-can. Mm, oh. Yes, that's true, but no. That was popular in the wild, wild west. No, that Ride was. horses. No. Oh. This is something I've done before on this show, and I haven't done it for a long time, and I decided to revisit it today. I revisited the dead files. Oh my God. I was going to say, quote, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Because no. you always do that. <laughs> I should have my Jeff Goldblum quotes I should, all ready I to should, go. I Every time you bring that up. I should I have known as the dead files. Yes, yeah. we haven't heard from the dead files in Just a long time. Just because you scientists time. thought that you could didn't mean that you should. should. Nobody ever thought like that. to say, yeah. could you or would you or should, or should you? you? Should you do this? Yeah. I love that. Okay. So. In season six, one of my favorite Dead Files episodes aired, and I want to retell that story here because it did take place in Butte, Montana. Beautiful Butte. Beautiful Butte, Montana. And um, I think I've told this story to you not during the podcast. I think I've told you outside the podcast, but I'll just tell it here for everyone to hear. So um, they went to Butte, Montana to investigate this haunted brothel. The building was used as a brothel from 1890 to 1982. I was going to say, was it recent? My God, that's over 100 years of brothel work. (laughs) That's a lot of brotheling. That's that's so much brotheling. That's a lot of brotheling. That is a lot of brotheling. I think that we need to have that as a word now in our vocabulary. It's not a word? I don't think it is. Brotheling is not a word. It is now. It is now. You're welcome, Webster's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's over a hundred years. That's a hundred and like twelve years of a brothel. You added that up in your head. That's awesome. I did. It was pretty good. I'm right? so proud of you. I sure hope it's correct. Okay. <laughs> um, so this man named Michael bought the property, and he and his his boyfriend Travis and his best friend Jenny decided to restore it and open it up for historic tours. So during the renovation, however, Michael became obsessed with this property to the point where both Jenny and Travis, the boyfriend, became very concerned about him. Like he was like super like 
kind of intense about it and kind Whoa. of possessed with it and everything. And they were like, dude, Michael's acting kind of weird, don't you think? And Travis is like, yeah, he really is. I don't know what's going on here. So, And did they check all the rooms? Had they gotten all the brothel people out of the brothel before you know, the I'm, tours? I believe that the building was vacant when they bought it. And I assume they checked for leftover hookers i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry leftover sex have been workers. hiding out <laughs> leftover sex workers i don't know but but maybe there was somebody hanging out in there who knows but they all experienced paranormal activity at the property but michael was really the driver of this whole thing and he was so immersed in it that he even got them into debt in order to save the building he was just completely obsessed wow. yeah so, Amy, so as we know, let's just remind our audience the Dead Files and how it works. Yes, the dead, Amy. The Dead Files pairs this um, retired homicide detective from New York City, his name is Steve Deshavi, with a psychic medium named Amy Allen. And the two of them investigate the property together, but they don't do it physically together. Steve will go in and interview the people that uh, are being affected by the haunting, and he'll do the research behind the history of the place. Mm -hmm. And Amy will do the psychic work, so she'll go at night and she brings her ex-husband with her and he records on video as she walks through each area and explains what she sees and what she hears and what she feels. And she basically interacts with the dead that still reside there. And so at the end of the show, they come together. Steve and Amy sit on one side of the table. And then the people that own the property sit on the other side. And then Amy will tell them what she saw. And then Steve will be like, actually, that's true. Because that happened back in, you know, 1885. Here's a photo. And then they they basically figure out what happened in that place and why it's still affecting the people that own the property today. So that's essentially the premise for the Dead Files. And that will help to inform the rest of my stories. So when Amy, the psychic medium, got there, she said during her walk that many, when she goes to investigate the property, she calls it her walk. So she said during her walk, Many of the ghosts she saw there were men, and some of them had kind of sexual, kinky sexual interests. Like they kind of had some kinky, kinky sex stuff that they like to do. Okay, she didn't go into detail about. That. Oh darn it! <laughs> I was like, I might start watching. Were this. you Were you getting ready to be like, Nan? What were what, they like? Into? What episode? <laughs> for me? No. Yeah, it's um season six. So there you go. Okay, I think it's called the Toys of the Dead or something <laughs> like that. The Toys of the Dead. Which is really okay. funny when we're talking about a brothel. Yeah, don't get me started. Let's keep good. going here. It's pretty good. <laughs> so um, she also ran into a few women. Uh, one that looked rather weird. She described the woman as having tree bark for skin. What? And her arms were long and twisted like a tree. It's kind of weird. Well, some, then that's some, not a woman, right? Well, she said it was a woman. Um, sometimes they just appear in a, almost like a dream. If you think about like a dream when mm -hmm. things come to you and it's completely nonsensical, I kind of think that's what she taps into. Kind of like um, seeing things that wouldn't make sense, but yet they're the person. They just present in a certain way. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of weird. She said that woman was responsible for moving objects and hiding things around the brothel. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Wow. Amy believes that this former prostitute really liked her work when she was alive. <laughs> she was really into it. She dug it. 
Finally, they started to discuss the man who built the brothel in the first place. His name was Joseph Nadeau. Amy picked up on the fact that the prior owner was indeed haunting the property. Oh. She said he was a dominant personality at the brothel and not a very nice guy. She said he will physically attack people and he will shove and hit people to even try to smother people in an attempt to kill them. So he was like a pimp, basically. What kind of... Yeah, I guess I guess so. And I, I think he was kind of a control freak, too. Yeah. Um, Michael and Jenny both claimed that they had been attacked by this guy. However, Steve said he had a photo of the prior owner, and he whipped it out to show this group what he looked like. That's when Amy started to put the pieces together. She looked at the picture, and then she looked at Michael, and she pointed at him. And she says, how do you feel about this guy? And he just kind of looked at her, and he said, quote, it feels... He goes, I feel I have a duty here to fulfill something. And he said he bought it. He bought the brothel the first time he stepped inside. And Amy goes, yeah, because you already owned it. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. My mind is blown yes. right now. So yes. She, oh, and my And they're all gosh. looking at her like, what? So and is he the jerk? Yes. She goes, um, <sighs> the man that you see in this photo was you in a past life. And he was like, what? And then his friends were like, what? And then Steve was like, what? Everybody was like, what are you talking about? And she the was, jaws yeah. hit the floor. And they hit the floor. And when you look at the photo of the guy that had owned the brothel first, and then you look at the guy that has his yeah. the present owner, um, they do look alike. I was going to ask. Yeah. And they then, resemble each other. Yeah, they do. I've heard. I've heard that when you reincarnate, yeah. you keep a lot of the same facial features Fac and stuff. yeah and so michael says to her that guy in the photo looks like my grandfather oh my god i'm i'm amazed right now isn't that cool this is so one of my cool. favorite episodes of the dead files you guys should really check it out amy believes that when joseph nadeau passed away his soul splintered off and part of him remained at the brothel splintered off like splintered a tree off. yeah so yeah. basically um yeah Think of your soul as a mm -hmm. whole entity. Sometimes when people die, it sh they, leave they shatter and they leave a fragment themselves. of themselves behind. Lizzie Borden, she said the same thing, that Lizzie had left the crazy part of herself in the house. And in this case, she said Joseph Nadeau splintered when he died and part of his soul resides still in the brothel. The rest of him went on and was reincarnated as Michael. Michael comes back to the brothel and he he's, he's still like, connected. I gotta re I gotta get my missing arm. Yeah, that splintered he off in this brothel. Essentially, that's what happens. Yeah. he's like, okay, soul I, retrieval. I I like this place. I'm connected mm -hmm. to it. So she basically said, "You're here because part of you is already still here." That's and so that you've cool. owned, it, owned this place in the past. And that's why you're here. And that's why you're so obsessed with it, because you're reconnecting to a past life, which I thought was so interesting. She told him that um, it isn't in his best interest and it's not healthy for him to continue his past life in this way. So she told him to get a Reiki master, quote, soul collector, quote, which I didn't know. Do those exist? I didn't know. She comes up with all sorts of crazy people that you need to find to help you with your spiritual stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing what comes out of her mouth is to cleanse your home, you're all going to need a chaos magician. You're like, what the hell is a chaos magician? Like, yeah, I have heard of that. We need to interview these rare I would, finds. I would love to interview her because, I mean, I, it would be so fascinating, I think. So she's collector she's telling him get a reiki master soul collector who can collect the splintered part of his soul in just that part of the soul and move it on to the next plane of existence 
That sounds like some cannibalism there. Right, it does. And she said, after that, Michael may lose interest in the brothel altogether as he was no longer be tied to it. So I thought mm-hmm. that was, it's one of my favorite Dead Files episodes. <laughs> Very cool story. So there you go. Then the next story I have for you, um, a couple weeks ago, as you know, I went to Arizona with a mutual friend of ours. Right. And I convinced her to go down to Tombstone, Arizona. Yes, for the day. Tombstone. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah, it's such a cool town. I've been Doc there. Doc Holiday. Doc Holiday, White Earp, all those guys. I've been there many times before because I used to live in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But this was 4th of July, the day of. And I said, hey, let's go down to Tombstone. So we jumped in the car and away we went. When we went down there, we took a tour of what they say is the most haunted building in all of Tombstone. That is the Birdcage Theater. I've never heard of it. So the Birdcage Theater essentially worked as a um, a theater, but also a gambling hall, a saloon, and a brothel all in one. wonder why it was named the Birdcage. I can't. You would ask me it's that. It's a cool name, though. I don't know. That's I didn't write right. that part of my research. That's, that's okay. <laughs> Probably because the women were trapped there and all oh. they could do was sing for their supper. No, I have no idea. That's a really... <laughs> I'll buy it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, I did not see... So we went down, we went to the Birdcage Theater and we decided to take the tour. We were talking to the people there that owned it and we were like, oh, so is this place really haunted? They're like, yes, so haunted. But of course, so haunted. they are trying to get us to buy tickets, right? Yes. So we're like, okay. So we did. We bought tickets for a self-guided tour. And no, I did not see any ghosts on my tour. But there are some fun stories that um, I thought I would share. Um, They have a lot of artifacts in the back. Um, It's really cool. You walk in and there's this big space in the middle. At the end is a stage where the girls would perform. And then Mm -hmm. along both sides of the room, there's double-decker boxes. Yeah. And... um, that's where the men would pay. I think it was $25 a night to sit in the box and watch. And then there was curtains over the boxes so they could close those curtains and it would for be privacy privacy for the girls to come and entertain them and stuff like that. So hmm. yeah, I'm like, yeah, I could see how this place would have made money. Probably, mm-hmm. It would probably make money today too. <laughs> probably would. Yeah. So anyway, um, when we went into the Birdcage Theater, they told us that there were 140 bullet holes found throughout the entire building and at least 26 people had been murdered in the building. Whoa. A lot. Yeah. That's some crazy action that happened there. Yep. So Tombstone started out as a mining town. It attracted men from all around to come and look for silver because the guy who established Tombstone had found silver in the hills. So a lot of people were coming out there to look for silver. Um, At its height, in in size um, in the early 1880s, there were 10,000 people living in Tombstone. It had a bowling alley, four churches administering to four different faiths. It had a bowling alley? It had a bowling alley. I didn't even know they bowled back yep. then. Four churches with four different faiths, Catholic, Methodist, Presbyterian, and Episcopal. They had 14 gambling halls, 110 saloons, two banks, numerous brothels, a school, and many other buildings, as well as, Carol, 3,500, 3,500 licensed, licensed prostitutes. <laughs> Modern day Nevada. How do you get a license for I that? I don't know. Do you have to pass a test? What do you do to get a license to be a sex worker? I don't know. Yeah. 3,500 licensed. And, and if you're not licensed, does anyone check? Like, I mean, do they care? I don't know. You're like, you're hot. Let's go upstairs. I mean, that's all, that's all it takes. 
3,500 licensed know, prostitutes. I didn't know they licensed prostitutes back then. That's what I took off of the Travel Channel's website on mm-hmm. the Tombstone, Arizona. Um, I think Ghost Adventures went there, and so they had a little write-up. And I was like, really? And so many. 3,500. So, well, back in those days, that's the one way girls made a survival, mm-hmm. made a living was, you know. That's what they yeah. had to offer. Yeah. So the Birdcage Theater opened as a theater, but as I said, it acted as a saloon and a brothel and a gambling hall. The girls would perform for the gamblers on the stage as well as off the stage, if you know what I mean. So um, a real dog and pony show. Real, real dog and pony. <laughs> That's so bad. So on the Travel Channel's website, they tell a story about a murder that took place at the hotel that included a love triangle between a sexy gambler named Billy Milgreen and two prostitutes known as Margarita and Gold Dollar. Gold Dollar. Love those That's names. That's quite the name. I love those names. Apparently, Gold Dollar caught her regular patron, Billy, flirting with Margarita, and she couldn't have that. So she used her stiletto knife and stabbed poor Margarita over and over in the chest until she died. When she finished, Gold Dollar escaped into the night, but the authorities eventually caught up with her. Since they could not find the murder weapon, they said, you know what? You're free to go, Gold Dollar. We like your work. Uh-huh. We, we appreciate you. And yeah, we get it. Margarita had to go. No bribes were done at all? I don't... It didn't go into that much detail. <laughs> but you know... But she got a free pass. Gold dollar earns gold, do- gold dollars for a reason. Yep. So I'm thinking that they were like, we're fine with what you, whatever gold you dollar, have to do. Gold dollar, holler. <laughs> That's right. It's like, um, we know you have to make a living and you got to get rid of your competition. So... Yeah, Have all's nice fair in love and war. That's right. So years later, they actually did find the knife. It was found behind the theater. But at that point, nobody was going to go after Gold Dollar. And by then, she may have been dead anyway. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's been many ghostly experiences at the birdcage. They've had sightings of cowboys and miners and the sex workers. People claim to have been touched by the ghosts. And at night, people can hear the sounds of the gamblers, the music, and the parties coming from the theater. So no sleep. For yeah, if you all live, the money you, you're paying to stay If you there. live close by. Mm-hmm. Um, so they hear these sounds coming from the theater as if the parties were still happening there. And who oh. knows? Maybe they are. <laughs> they probably are. They probably if, are. If it had that much activity associated with it. Right. They probably don't even know they're dead. So, yes, once again, we turn to The Dead Files, um, season three, for their episode on the Fairmont Hotel of Deadwood, South Dakota. And this Deadwood is also the show Deadwood, I believe. I loved the show Deadwood. Such a great series. So the first part, Steve gets there and he starts talking to the hotel owner named Rom. And Ron told Steve that he would see a full solid apparition of a woman laying on the floor in the area of the hotel he was trying to renovate. <laughs> he said whenever they would start construction, she would appear and they would make eye contact, which is kind of creepy. How annoying. <laughs> Interrupting my construction project. Right. right? So, yeah, they would make eye contact until he was creeped out enough and he would just turn and walk away like, <laughs> fine, you win. Whatever, lady. Creepy, staring ghost lady. <laughs> he also said he saw a guy in a long, dark coat and hat who would float around by the ladies' room and then disappear. Yeah, yeah it was a little creepy. Um, he said most of his employees and some of his customers had also seen the man in the dark coat and hat. His staff member named Kathleen, who was also interviewed on the show, she said she saw another apparition of a woman with red hair, 
wearing a blue dress who woke her up in the middle of the night and just stared at her. Oh, a lot of staring ghosts. A lot of in staring ghosts. Yeah. This one is a, my longest story because it has the most amount of ghosts, ghosts mm-hmm. to cover. Mm-hmm. Kathleen also said she saw an old lady in a long white nightgown walk up and down the hallway and then just fade away. So in Steve's investigations, he finds out that a man tried to kill his girlfriend when he discovered that she was a prostitute and she was at the hotel, which it's a hotel now, but it was a brothel originally. Um, So when he came in, he burst into the room, caught her in bed with some guy, shot the guy, and then tried to shoot her. And then she ran around the back of him. And so he took the gun and he was just pointing it behind him, trying Mm -hmm. to shoot her. And he shot himself in the head by accident. What a dork. (laughs) Well, he's a dork anyway. If you're dating somebody, you don't realize they were a prostitute. I mean, back in those days, that should be the first question you ask on a date. Yeah. What do you do for a living? Why are you so good at what you do? Are you? <laughs> Wait, this is. Where'd a, you get your practice Carol, this is from? a first date. I know you oh. do things in a different oh, order. stop it. But in most people's lives, they meet, they get to That's know right. each other. And they then, get coffee. And then they and have sex. And then they. Yeah. Not like, I noticed you're really good at what we just did. <laughs> what was your name again? And what do you do for a living? And why are you so good at this? Oh, yeah, man. So fun. Oh. <laughs> There's a stage in the brothel slash hotel where people would go and perform. And apparently one night, some guy was up on stage performing and somebody threw an axe at him. Oh, from- <laughs> Talk about not liking your act. But Where's threw- the tomatoes, guys? Just <laughs> come on. He threw an axe at this guy and it landed on the stage. And so the, the actor pulled out his gun and shot the guy. But they don't mess around. No, they don't. Man, the the old Wild West was pretty hard. It was that, pretty hard. That's what happens when you're carrying your weapons with you at all times. Absolutely. Oh. Um, a police chief shot one of his former deputies in front of the hotel when the deputy confronted him drunk and angry. This this deputy had been a boxer, so he was trying to get the chief to fight him in a fist fight. Amy picked up on this when she said she felt someone had a terrible chest pain but was still staggering around on their feet. Um, So that's when Steve said, yeah, because he was trying to challenge the chief to a fight. And the chief said, stop, 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 and then shot him in the chest. But he kept staggering towards him, trying to fight him. And then when he got to the chief, he collapsed and died. So remarkable she knows all these things it's a, if her talent is legit and we're not just being taken for a reality show ride um it's incredible it truly is she has so much detailed information it's incredible she's somebody that i would love to meet and just have like an hour maybe maybe not an hour maybe like six days of her time <laughs> where i could just six <laughs> days sit there and talk to her and be like so how and what and you know I just think she'd be a fascinating person to talk to because a lot of people have psychic abilities, yeah. mm-hmm. but not to her level. No. I mean, her mm-hmm. level is so incredibly detailed and there's so much of it. And a lot of people can get little hits there and, and here, mm-hmm. but she gets volumes of information. Yeah, which makes me suspicious a little bit. But like she's been fed information, be perhaps. But. I don't know. I feel like... I want to believe. Yeah. I feel like if you're a medium, you have more of a chance for that because you're communicating with the dead, you know? Plus, she is taking it in. She can hear it. She can see it. She can smell it. And she can feel it. So she's using all of her senses to get this information. Yeah. She doesn't have a day job doing something else. I don't think she needs one. full-time work. Yeah. I don't think she needs one. So She's constantly channeling. Just what she learns about in terms of how to help people that have a haunting and what 
how she can discern what they need and mm -hmm. what the hell is a chaos magician. Like, I just have so many questions. I would love to ask her someday. Um, well, you put it on your bucket list. Make uh, it happen. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe I can say I'm um, on that Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you want oh, to meet? God. Uh, Let's Amy hope Allen. you're not on Amy that Make-A-Wish. <laughs> that means you're sick. No. I know. So oh. anyway, that was that story. And then... Um, uh, oh, Wild Bill Hickok, the famous gunslinger. Oh, yes. Bill he, Hickok. Bill Hickok was shot and killed in a saloon next door to the Fairmont Hotel. Apparently, he was just minding his own business playing cards when a man named Jack McCall came up and shot him in the back of the head. Oh, that's not fair. I know. That's it's cowardly. It's pretty dirty. Jack was caught and hanged for the crime. Amy picked up on the fact that Jack's hanging did not go off very clean. Mm. And Steve said four years after they buried Jack in his, the cemetery, they moved the cemetery. And so they had to excavate all the graves. And when they excavated his, they opened it up and he still had the noose around his neck. Oh, which is kind of weird. Like, they didn't just like take, take it off. Apparently they didn't. But you know what? If it was a bad hanging, maybe they couldn't get it off. I don't know. Maybe it like oh, burrowed into his neck or something. Gross to I, think about. You're welcome. Okay. Um, hmm. So anyway, um, when Amy picked up on Jack's ghost, he told her he was in his 20s, but she thought he looked much older than that. Then oh. Steve whipped out a photo of him. And yeah, he looks like he's in his 30s or his 40s. So they're all like, mm, I'm not sure how old he was, but. The all, sun will age you. Yeah. All the papers said he was like 25. Hard living. Hard yeah. living does that to you. In addition to all of those ghosts, Amy picked up on a lot of other dead people in the hotel. When she arrived at the hotel, a group of about five men who had been very bad in real life, they were murderers and thieves, surrendered her to accompany her on her walk. However, this group of bad male spirits said that they are now trying to protect people to make up for being bad people when they were alive, which is kind of nice. Hmm. Amy also said that the dead yeah. do not like the new decor in the hotel. They never do. They never do. And they feel that it should look the way it was when they were alive. That is when so Ron... selfish. <laughs> that is when Ron, the hotel owner, said, yeah, they show up whenever I try to renovate the place and it scares off the contractors. So it forces us to stop and it slows down the entire process. So the ghosts have got that worked out. They have figured out how to stop the renovations from happening. Wow. So good for them. Even though they should just let it go, but they're they're not. Yeah, and they to. don't pay rent anymore, so they really need to go. But on their defense, they have to live there too, and so they're not going to want to walk by and see that you know um, cappuccino maker in the kitchen. They're Especially not going to know what to do with that. Can't drink it or I know, smell it, you know, or like a shishi foo foo cocktail bar. I mean, what are they going to do with that? Yeah, good there's, there's going to be a lot of they eye can't rolling. Relate to it. There's going to be a lot of eye rolling on their part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amy believes that a lot of women were kept as sex slaves in the basement. Oh. And they probably even died down there. That's Kathleen, the, uh, the employee, Kathleen said she hated going to the basement and she would always want to get out of there the second she went in. Has there ever been a basement people love to be in? Uh, no. No. People don't like basements. Why do we have basements? They're just, I wouldn't want They're a basement. storage places for the most part. I want my storage above ground across the yard where I can see it. Basements are good if you live in Tornadoville because That's then true. you can go in the basement and if the top part of your house is ripped off, you're okay because you're true. underground. But we live in the Pacific Northwest and a lot of our homes have basements and we don't have tornadoes here. I mean, we not usually. No. So why do we have them? Floods? Um, go down and drown in your basement. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. Nuclear fallout. Nuclear fallout shelters. I have oh, no boy. idea. Amy also picked up on the woman in the blue dress and said she was a busybody and probably a prostitute at the hotel. She also confirmed that a woman had committed suicide on the third floor of the hotel after losing someone close to her. And that was the story Steve had learned that a woman named Maggie Broadwater had died. Maggie was a sex worker who jumped off the third story window of the hotel to her death after she and her beau had broken up. She did not die right away, but eventually she did succumb to her injuries. So it was kind of a long, slow, painful death. And the the people thought she was going to actually recover, but she had internal injuries they didn't know about. And that's ultimately what killed her. So she's picking up all the stories that can be verified, basically. Um, No, sometimes she'll say stuff that Steve doesn't have any information Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not always. Yeah. Good to know. Um, Ron, the hotel owner, confirmed that he had seen Maggie when he lived in the hotel. After he saw her, he moved out because he just does not want to mess with the other side, he says. There is one man in particular who lives upstairs who keeps trying to scare the living to death. He thinks the upstairs should only be for dead people and no living people should be allowed up there. <laughs> like a boy's treehouse. No girls allowed. Yeah, it's our den. That's right. Stay away. Amy said this man hated the living and was teaching himself how he could physically hurt them. Kathleen and Ron, who work there, did not like hearing this. Um, they said that his spirit can move people's arms while they're sleeping. And Ron confirmed that this had happened to multiple people when they have slept upstairs in the hotel. So this is uh, this spot seemed to have a lot of ghosts, probably more than their typical investigations. There's just a lot of dead people. And Amy even said, there are a lot of dead people here. So something about that facility keeps them trapped in that energy altogether. I guess. I guess. So um, that they're not able to leave or move on. She said when she first got there, they told her this is the city of the dead because oh. there's so many dead people. And this is just one spot in the town. And the name reflects it. Yeah. Deadwood. Deadwood, right? Yeah. So she told, ultimately she told the owner, you don't have to sell the hotel. Just sage and spray the place down with holy water and salt two times a week for a year. And that should decrease the activity and make things okay. Oh my God, an entire year? Yeah. And here I thought you could just do one overall cleansing and you're good to go. Nope. That one takes a bigger commitment because probably there's so many many ghosts. ghosts. So yeah, she wanted him to do that and he seemed pretty happy. And honestly, compared to other things she's told people, that's a pretty easy one. Yeah, that is pretty easy. sometimes she'll have them coming in with all sorts of people that Mm -hmm. need to do stuff. And that one seems pretty like I could do that at my house, you know, Mm -hmm. just spray it down with holy water and salt and sage it every once in a while and feel like, okay, I'm keeping the ghost Yeah, out. no venom of cobra needed or anything like <laughs> no that. No eye of newt. No eye of newt. No uh, toad of, a ton of toad or anything else. Right. Yeah. No witchcraft involved. <laughs> anyway, that's the wild, 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 wild west, Carol. I love Those it. Those are my stories and I hope you enjoyed them. I do and it makes me want to go back and watch Deadwood now. You should go back and watch so Deadwood. Good. You should. You Loved should. It. You should. Okay. Well, then, um, if you guys don't have any questions, I guess we're done. Any <laughs> questions, guys? Any I questions? I can't hear any. Okay, hear, we're I done. Either. Have a wonderful evening, and thank you for listening to our show. Thanks, guys. We, we appreciate you. We do. Good night.
the brothel, the 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 brothel was built. Um, actually, it ran as a brothel from. Let's back up. I'm already. <laughs> I'm already doing it. It's the heat. It's the heat. <laughs> um, so the so the building um, that the brothel is was. There's a building in Butte, Montana that used to be a brothel. Okay, we've established that. Okay, okay. good. So this building was a brothel, Carol. From it, wait, was it a brothel? It was, <laughs> yes, it was. Shut up! I almost had it going. <laughs> from the good old days of the Wild Wild West, they had stuff up there. Was like oh, white herbs, poker cards, and stuff like that. Did somebody flush the toilet? Hold. We please. got a pause for flushing toilets. Hold, please. Hold, please. Known as Margarita and Gold Dollar. Oh, say that part again. Your love tri- triangle got all it didn't, slushy. It wasn't, it wasn't sexy? It was slushy. <laughs> I meant I was trying to be sexy. <laughs> oh. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. guys be sure to follow us on instagram our handle is at fireside phantoms if you have a spooky story you would like to share with us send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode